Hey everybody, I would love for you to grab your Bible, your journal, a pen, and even a cup of coffee. And I want you to write this down. Luke 22, verses 67 through 70. If you are the Christ, tell us. But he said to them, If I tell you, you will not believe. And if I ask a question, you will not answer. But from now on, the Son of Man will be seated at the right hand of the power of God. And they all said, Are you the Son of God then? And he said to them, Yes, I am. Welcome to Write This Down with Dot Bowen. I'm your host, AJ, and I'm so glad that you're joining us as Dot begins her series on Easter. Let's jump into the conversation. You know, Kara, for the last couple of days, I've been thinking about Easter and it's coming pretty soon. Mm -hmm. And we're about a week or more before Easter. And I started thinking about Jesus's final eight days. And so I kind of looked at it a little bit and I started to notice I've got a couple of things and actually it's the entire week of what was going on and what Jesus did right before his crucifixion. And I'd like to just kind of go over it just a little bit. Okay. And if you're joining us, I'd love for you to write this down because on Saturday, Jesus was anointed by Mary and Bethany. The Saturday before Easter, before he was crucified. And um, as I was thinking about, we had a whole retreat on their sweet aroma and how Mary anointed the feet of Jesus. Mm -hmm. And even though Mary probably didn't necessarily know exactly what she was doing, Jesus made the statement because everybody was complaining about her wasting, in their opinion, this precious oil Mm -hmm. on Jesus. He said, she is anointing my body for burial. And here's about a week before he is to be buried. And they had obviously had no idea that he would be. That's right. Did they know that Palm Sunday was? No, it it hadn't happened. Yeah, that's next day. And so here she is anointing the feet of Jesus. And Jesus says, he's anointing my body for burial. Mm. And as a matter of fact, that was the only anointing that he had for burial. The ladies went to the tomb to anoint him for burial, to get his body for burial, but he was already resurrected. And so ironically, Jesus was anointed for burial. He told them he was going to die, but they refused to believe. On that time, like why was it significant to be anointed for burial? It wasn't being necessarily anointing such as you would do a king. That was what Mary was actually thinking she was doing because he had just raised Lazarus from the dead and she realized that he was king and he was great. Mm -hmm. But anointed or fixed the body for burial as you would do like embalming. Mm -hmm. And so it was normal for anyone who had died to be what we would call Mm -hmm. a bombing. Mm -hmm. So it almost be like it's death, like it, like it is done. Yeah, it is done. And uh, and then on Sunday was the triumphant entry. We know the Palm Sunday where all the crowds were yelling, Hosanna. Mm-hmm. And the Hebrew and the word for Hosanna means uh, Lord save us. It's mm-hmm. like a prayer. Lord save us. They wanted the Messiah. We also know that that same crowd later in the week will be yelling and crying out, crucify him. Mm-hmm. This was on Sunday. Mm-hmm. On Monday, Jesus does several things. He curses the fig tree. And that was very important because they would consider the fig tree as a symbol of Israel. And when Jesus saw that there was these leaves that looked like there was fruit on it, and he gets closer, he realizes that there's no fruit. 
And it was a hypocritical thing, which was exactly what was going on with the Pharisees, Mm -hmm. the Jewish people, because they looked religious, but there was no fruit. Right. Later on, even as Jesus begins to go toward the cross, he talks and preaches and teaches about abiding in him that we would bear fruit. Mm -hmm. Uh, We don't produce the fruit, but we will bear it. And so um, that was very significant. Not only was Jesus talking about Israel, but later on he would talk about the church. And fruit was a huge teaching of Jesus to say, if you are my disciples, you will have these certain fruits. And a lot of times we as Christians cannot really judge if somebody is a believer or not. But scripture clearly teaches that we will know people by their fruit Mm -hmm. and by what is producing them. And so that was on Monday. And then on Tuesday... Jesus confronts the Pharisees. He condemns the Pharisees. Jesus sees the poor widow giving her money, and she she gave all that she had, and Jesus Mm -hmm. commended her. So this was on Tuesday. On Wednesday, once again, tells the disciples, I'm going to die, and somebody's going to, you know, deny me. And, of course, we all know that Mm -hmm. they're like, no, no. And Peter's like, I'll never deny you. And Jesus says, oh, yes, you will. And he looks at Judas and he tells Judas to do what he was going to do. Mm-hmm. And then on Friday, he does deliver the, the vine and the branch that I was talking about. He prays in John 17, the high priestly prayer. He prays in Gethsemane. Then he has a terrible trial. He's denied by Peter. And then Judas kills himself. And then on Friday, it's the crucifixion of Jesus. So as I started to think about the week before, Jesus's death. Mm-hmm. And on Saturday, we know that uh, he was put in the tomb and the tomb was sealed. And we know that everybody is mourning. Nobody's at the tomb on Sunday. They're not expecting Jesus to be there. And here is all the disciples not knowing what to do. And as I thought about this week before the crucifixion, mm-hmm. I just got to thinking, could Jesus have told them any more clear? Right. Well, hindsight's twenty twenty. Mm-hmm. It's like, Jesus, you think about this. I want you to think about this. A loving and caring God, the persistence of God, of saying, here I am. I've sent my son. Mm -hmm. He's done miracle after miracle. He's told you nothing but the truth. He has taken care of the sick. He's taken care of the poor. He honored women. He loved people and forgave them. He protected them. He took demons out of people. He did all of these things. He just showed everybody around him what true love is Mm -hmm. and what true power is. And they still rejected him. Mm -hmm. They still would not believe what he has. I remember Jesus talking about a parable and, and it was the rich man who had died. And he looked up from Hades and he said, please go and tell my brothers about this place because I don't want anyone to come. Mm-hmm. And Jesus said, even if someone was raised from the dead, some will still not believe. And Jesus was raised from the right. dead and we still don't believe. Right. And, you know, we can say, well, people don't believe that Jesus was the son of God. People believe he was a prophet. And we can talk about other people that will not accept Jesus as the Son of God. But I want to talk about us. I want to talk about me. Here I am, a follower of Jesus. And as I look back over the last few days, how often I doubted the power of God. How often I doubted the love of God. Mm -hmm. 
And, I, and as I started thinking about this, I was reminded of Jesus being in front of the trial and being in front of Pilate. And it said that Pilate was saying, are you the son of God? Are you a king? And as I was thinking about this, I realized that I started thinking about this verse. And they cried out all together saying, away with this man and release us. Give us Barabbas. And here was Jesus who had done all of these loving and kind things. There was nothing that they could actually get on him except to say that he was the Messiah Mm -hmm. and that he was the son of God. And the Jewish people, the Pharisees, just refused to believe that it was a hypocrisy. They called him a crazy person. He's not God. And it's really the only thing that they could really try to get him, that he had done things on the Sabbath and he had done, even though they were good things. Mm -hmm. And Jesus even points out, should you do something good on the Sabbath? Mm -hmm. But as I thought about the crowd, and here's the entry right before, just a few days before they're saying, Hosanna, son of God, save us. And now they're crying out, give us Barabbas. And I thought, how often in my life, I cry out to God and say, give me Barabbas. Give me anything but Jesus. I don't want your will. I want mine. And I started thinking about this, that they were blinded by their own desires. They did not want Jesus to be the Messiah. Jesus did not fit their mold. Jesus was not fitting their agenda. They wanted Jesus to come down and take care of Rome and put them even in more position of power. And Jesus was taking the people that were in power and bringing them down and taking the people that were the least attractive, the weak people. He would put them in position of power. He would take the weak things of man and he would show them that they could be strong and they could be mighty and they could be great because of their relationship with Jesus. And the Pharisees didn't want to have anything to do with it. They had a whole different agenda. Yeah. They were refusing to see that Jesus was the Messiah. Here is Jesus, the Son of God. And what do they want? They want Barabbas. He was a murderer. Yeah. I, I think I've mentioned this last week, but thinking of like a real time, just that pain, the pain that Jesus felt in that moment to standing in front of the people he came to save and that not just rejection, but the betrayal and the, um, the outward just denial, you know, just mm-hmm. like speaking Refusing against and, and, you know, claiming like, you aren't who you say you are. Like, I mean, I know I've been betrayed deeply by someone mm-hmm. incredibly close to me and I like that pain's overwhelming. And I've been, also been accused of being someone I'm not, which is incredibly mm-hmm. painful, you know, like, so it's just thinking of that moment, like, yes, he knew, you know, what would come. But in that moment, I just, the pain that he felt and he still chose to, mm-hmm. he could have easily broken free that, you know, of course, could he have just have struck everyone dead right there. Mm-hmm. And he didn't, he still chose the cross and still chose to move forward with it. Yeah. He still chose obedience. Mm-hmm. He said, I've come to glorify the father right. and the father has sent me to pay for the sins of the world. Mm-hmm. And even though no one understood even though he was accused falsely, Mm -hmm. even though he tried to explain his position and who he was, and the people continue to still reject him, he looked past those people and he saw God. Mm -hmm. And he continued to be obedient. And I think that that's something for us to think about. 
I think that we should really meditate on that. Number one, we should think about what are we crying out to God for? Are we asking God for Barabbas when he's wanting to give us his best? Are we wanting to choose the way of the world? Barabbas was a murderer. He did nothing. He did nothing for the people of Israel. And here was Jesus wanting to die for all kinds of different people, for not just Israel, but for the whole world. And I think, yeah, like that with the pride of, are we like holding on to wanting to prove that we're right or to, mm -hmm. or bitterness or, you know, wanting to hold on to the past to. Or hold on to our own agendas. Mm -hmm. You know, that was one of the whole things of Gethsemane, that Jesus was willing to give up his agenda, humanly speaking, and submit to the agenda of the Father, even though down deep in the spirit, Jesus being God, there was no other choice for Jesus. He wasn't going to choose any other way. Mm -hmm. But as we see him in Gethsemane, we see our humanness. We see that Jesus's will and God's will sometimes has attention. But the ultimately, Jesus is like, I'm going to obey God no matter what. And you know, you said, I think about in real time and what Jesus must have thought. And ironically, I thought about it differently. I thought about God. That here God is in heaven, sitting on his throne. He has sent his son for what he knew would be the greatest thing to all mankind. And he had done everything he could to show the world that he loved them. And he's looking down and he sees his children saying, I don't want what you have given. I want what I want. Mm -hmm. And I believe that it's lies. I believe that we as his children are so caught up in the lies that we believe that we refuse to listen because the lies seem like truth to us. Matter of fact, I don't know about you, Kara, but for me, when I'm listening to the lies, they sound like me. It's like I think that what I'm listening or what I'm thinking is really what I'm thinking or it's really what I want. When reality is a lies and deception and it's like Satan whispers through my voice and in my same dialect. And he's telling me that I want something that I know I do not really want because I know no matter what I'm crying out to God for, I don't want Barabbas. And Barabbas was nothing. He was a murderer. Why in the world would a world cry out to want someone that would end up destroying their world in replacement for Jesus who came to save the world? Yeah, I mean, but in all reality, that's since Genesis 3. Yeah. You know, we always chose the other thing. We chose whatever God says not to. And that's what we want. I think we are deceived. You know, as I think about the week before, Jesus did everything he could to warn us, to warn the people around him. He got the 12 disciples, even though he knew that Judas was going to betray him and Peter was going to deny him. He still washed their feet. Mm -hmm. He still, on the way to the cross, was teaching the disciples and everyone that would listen, I am the Son of God. He stood before Pilate and he said, I am the Son of God and I will be seated at the right hand of God. And we know that's exactly what he did. Right. You also have to think about 
going off of what you just said with how God must have felt in that moment, mm-hmm. he, he also had to think this has to happen, you know, because if the people didn't do what they did and Jesus wasn't killed or crucified, you know, where will we be? Oh, be? So that's like, it's, it's so hard. It's, you know, it's just that mystery and what we can't fully comprehend because if the people did choose Jesus and didn't choose Barabbas, well, then what, <laughs> you know? So that's the thing that is kind of, I can't really wrap my mind around it because you want, you know, want the justice and you want Jesus to be freed in that moment, but that would have cost yeah. the cross, you know, we would have. And, and Jesus was free. And that's the point. You know, we have heard Billy Sunday's sermon and Sunday's a common. And when you're saying what you're saying about, well, what if they had decided, okay, let's, you know, give us Jesus, then what would have happened? Well, we all know that God was going to send his son. He was going to die. It is hard to wrap our mind about it, Kara. But I think it's one of those things where often we just attach this scripture to so many things and we've lost the really the power that's in this truth but all things work together for good and not one time has God our Jesus has ever taught that all things are good right but he says I will use all things for your good and for my glory and so as I think about this time of Jesus at the cross and seeing that the very people he loved and the very people he was going to die for, rejecting him. And it is not fun being rejected. And as we think about Jesus still caring and still loving and saying, you do not know what you are doing. It's like he had to have the bigger picture in mind. He had to have that. He couldn't be focused on the rejection or, you know, the betrayal or, you know, he couldn't, he had to, constantly like the human part of him because God part of him knew the bigger picture but the human part of him had to keep the bigger picture in mind and that's exactly what we have to do that in this world we're going to have tribulation God has done everything he can he sent his son and as I think about God and his love for us I have to sit and I have to think Where in my life am I crying out to God for Barabbas? And also, how can we look to the bigger picture? And, you know, I've often said this to you, said it to you not too long ago. This is for your protection. And, you know, often we don't want to be protected. But God sees the bigger picture, and it's the bigger picture that we cannot see. And as I think about this week before the cross, where would we be if he didn't go to the cross? And Jesus willingly said, I'm going to obey God and I'm going to the cross. And I just want us, as we think about coming up this Easter and the resurrection and how thankful we are that Jesus is not in the grave. But I want us to be reminded of how Jesus went out of his way over and over and over and over again to show us his love, his plan. And his purpose for our lives. And he was willing to do whatever it cost to win our hearts. And if he loves us that much, and if he would do all of that for us, would he withhold his best from us? And I want you as you're listening, and I I know that for me, I'm going to be doing this. This whole week, I'm going to ask God 
God, show me. Am I asking you for Barabbas? And I want you to write that down and start praying and start writing down what comes to your mind. We know that those people that were screaming out, Barabbas, give us Barabbas. They didn't know what in the world they were talking about. They were blinded by their own desires, their own agendas. They were blinded by pride, lies, and deception. And as I think about heading toward Easter and so thankful that Jesus is not in the grave, he showed us that he was God way before he came and walked out of that grave. Mm -hmm. I want to end on this. The woman sitting, Mary, that was sitting at the grave, they had gone to the gravesite where they had heard that he and saw where he was buried and they were going to anoint his body. They were crying and Jesus shows up. That's a message within itself. Mm -hmm. And I know even when you're crying, when all of my kids are crying and my grandkids are crying, the people that I love are brokenhearted. That's one of the things I pray. God, just show up. Just show up in this place. But the ladies, Mary, oh, how they loved Jesus. They went there to, to minister to Jesus. And Jesus shows up. And they think he's the gardener. And as I've heard Ron Dunn preach on this, he says, why did Mary not recognize Jesus? Why did they think he was the gardener? And he says, sometimes tears keeps us from seeing clearly. They had tears in their eyes. And they just couldn't see. That right in their biggest heartbreak, their their despair, Jesus was there. And also, they were looking at that tomb. They were looking in the wrong direction. Often we can't see Jesus in the midst of our circumstances because of our tears and because we're looking in the wrong direction. This week, I want to challenge you, Karen. I'm going to challenge myself and for you that are listening to get before God and say, God, am I crying out and asking you to give me Barabbas? And you're wanting to give me Jesus. Am I asking you to give me what I think I want? And you are withholding this because you want to give me what you want for me. And then ask the Lord, are the tears blinding me to what you have for me? And am I looking in the wrong direction? I hope you wrote some of that down. For more content from Dot, head to dotbowen.com. This podcast is brought to you by Cup of Joy Ministries and generous contributions from listeners like you. Thanks for listening. We look forward to being with you again next week as Doc continues her series on Easter.